Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. We are tearing up my pod with singer, actor, film and television producer and fellow podcaster Lance Bass. Lance shares what it was like growing up in a boy band, if not the boy band, while holding on to a deep personal secret to finding happiness in his true self, to how life has changed as a married father of twin 16-month-old babies. This is Just Be with Lance Bass. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How have you been? I'm well. I uh, I was thinking about how we know each other, and I kind of feel like we know each other. I feel like I really know you, but I don't. I met you years ago at Polo in the Hamptons. Yeah. And I, it was the day that I don't think you know this. That was the day that I ran into Jill Zarin, and she was like, "What are you doing here? How'd you get the VIP bracelet? Where are the gift bags?" And <laughs> I was there hawking my Bethany Bakes cookies yeah. and I'm sure I hawked to you mm. and I couldn't even afford the ticket to get into that. That was super Saturday. It was $500 and I finagled that. And then you smelled really good. And I asked you what you smelled like and you were wearing Kiehl's musk and I then bought it. Oh, I yeah. loved it for years. That's my, That's my so first understanding funny. of meeting. I love that. Cause I thought our first, I don't even know if this was before that, but I remember at uh chef dance and Sundance. Oh, you're right then that might have been why i had the in to say hello to you yeah maybe yeah because i remember because i was just at sundance like oh i I think this is where i met bethany stop it because cheryl hines just reminded me that she met me there and she had a very funny point of view of like what i was like there she's like i didn't know who you were i was sitting with uh, tim robbins and she said but you were just like working that room and you had a purpose and I didn't know what it was, but I knew that you were doing something that was seemed important. A hundred percent. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's, yeah. I was, I was selling something. That's funny. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So I then ran into you then and always have felt like I've known you cause mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've just seen you different places, but yeah. I really like you and I'm really excited that you're doing the show, but I don't know a lot about your background. I don't know a lot about your life. And all I know is that 
you were in a very famous boy band that you came out that you got married to Michael Turchin, who is the name of someone that I went to college with and still oh, am yeah. friends with oh, and wow. ha- have twins. So you grew up in, where is it? Miss, where did you grow up? So I was born in a, a place called Laurel, Mississippi. Um, okay. We watched that HGTV show called hometown, but that's okay. about hometown. Uh, so it's a very, very teeny town. In fact, I was born there, but kind of raised right next door, five minutes away in a little place called Ellisville. So, town of 2000 people uh so i grew up in the country (laughs) and do you go back and do you do you feel connected to it or does it feel like another planet uh no i do i still feel very at home when i go back uh all my family still lives there uh i'm the only person to have escaped (laughs) and gone off uh but yeah I, i get back at least three four times a year get to see my family my grandparents uh, now that we have kids, I'm, I try to bring them home as much as possible. And our saving grace is that we're right next to New Orleans. So we're about an hour and a half from New Orleans. So I'll be able to fly into New Orleans because it's a straight flight, especially with kids. It's uh, a lot easier to do that and then just drive to my family. So you dip in and out. You have a little bit of like real, real country and then a little bit of that. New- exactly. It humbles you for sure. And I still... All my high school friends were very, very close. So we're, you know, we all keep in touch. There's a bunch of us. So we're always hanging out and they're meeting me in New Orleans a good bit too. Well, I guess there are probably so many people listening that are from small towns. Like what, how do you get out? If there are movies about this, like not that there's not anything wrong with living in a small town, but this is what people dream about. So, you know, getting out in the big wide world, how do you get out? (laughs) um i guess you just dream i don't know it's i was in such a small town and i i didn't even know that you i didn't know i could ever go into entertainment or anything that i actually wanted to do um because i don't know just dreams never existed really (laughs) for for people like me um so it was nothing i was really going for um it just kind of landed in my lap and i find that happens to a lot of my friends in the business too that yeah they work hard but the opportunity just kind of landed in their lap. And, you know, the one that started with me was uh, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. Um, and the NSYNC guys were putting their, you know, the band together in Orlando. And I, uh, Justin knew me through a vocal coach because he lived in Memphis and I lived around Jackson at that time. So the vocal coach would come down to Jackson and teach some kids. I was in another boy band <laughs> called Seven Card Stud. Um, I there like were seven- that. That's not like that name. <laughs> we were there were seven of us we would compete in state fairs you know just local stupid little you know group that we put together never thinking we would ever do anything with it um and then yeah justin called and said hey we're looking for a bass singer uh i hear you're a great bass singer would you like to come join this group that we put together wow and that's how it all started but you did no but to the that point you did find you did take one step at a time. It's a marathon. So you took, you were at the first mile by knowing that you like to sing and then joining something and then getting to get, you know, these little things yeah. exponentially add up. So you were. Yeah, it does. And it prepared me because I just, I was lucky enough to be in this town that it was the number one show choir in the world called Attaché. And I didn't really know much about the show choir world, but it is intense. I mean, it's like, it's the Olympics. Uh and so it's these high school kids that I don't know how they come together and do all the singing and dancing that's so synchronized. Uh, but my director, David Fair, 
he was just one of those just asshole directors that I mean, just made everyone cry and just such a hard ass. Um, but he's the one who really instilled what I needed to have in me to get into this business. That's funny because I had an English teacher that mm. was a nightmare and ended up getting fired because of this, like to the point where people felt that it was almost bullying, yeah. um, where you would you would do a math. I mean, English, you would do an English. There'd, there'd be a question and you might get the whole thing right grammatically, but if maybe you spelled something wrong and that wasn't even what the whole thing was about, you get all of these points off. Like he was just like evil. You could never get close to getting an A. But I, I learned everything from him. It's funny yeah. that you say that. Yeah, though, so that's an interesting thing about us coddling our kids, and right. wrapping them in so, bubble so. wrap, you know? It's true. And you don't obviously understand what's going on when you're that young, but uh, the, the fact that now I can deal with anyone in this business, I'm like, mm -hmm. you'll never compare like that's, I got this. I'm good. That's amazing. I got to go back and find this guy's name. That's amazing because I feel the same exact way. Um. So now, how long was the whole Insync ride? Uh, we got together in 1995. Okay. Um, and then it took us a good year to get recognized in a record deal. I mean, it 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 was a it was a long journey for us. Okay. America wouldn't sign us at all, so we actually signed to a German label in Munich. So we were a German band the first two years uh, before we came to America. Uh, and then we, yeah, we came to America in 1998 and then it just blew up. I mean, Germany was huge for us. Right. But we got to America and it was a slow roll. We mm -hmm. came out with a song called I Want You Back. And it was like, all right, like, you know, it, it did okay. It hit the top 40 maybe. But then we did a Disney special that aired every day for three months. And that's what just blew us up in America. So just overnight, it felt like we were the biggest band in the world. Wow. Um, yeah. And it just did not stop until we took our hiatus in 2002 or 2003. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the question I have, well, were you making money or was it, was it these cliche situations with these boy bands and the managers where you don't know what the hell you're signing and you just want to be part of it and you don't make anything? Yeah, we would be the picture, you know, in the dictionary of being screwed in the business. Um, yeah, we we didn't make any money really with NSYNC. Uh, Lou Pearlman, you know, took all of that. So we had the worst deal in music history, us and the Backstreet Boys. We had the same deal. They just kind of scratched out the names. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so we didn't we didn't really make too much <laughs> during the NSYNC days. Yeah, and it's funny because like, it's hard to find a parallel between boy bands and the Housewives, but they're both... Mm -hmm campy sometimes cheesy cultural phenomenons where you get these right. breakout characters yeah. and you really i made seven thousand two hundred fifty dollars the first season yeah. and sometimes you're a little embarrassed but you also revel in it and you love it and it's where you came from yeah. and then you're trying to extend how do you extend the 15 minutes of that right because it's you know exactly. some people don't think it's you're not real you know, it's not real. It's not real music. It's not real television. It's not real entertainment. Right. I mean, there are some parallels. So yep. how do you did you have a plan to extend or you just always went with your passion? Like, mm -hmm. what were you thinking about it when it ended? And how did you, you know, evolve that into what what your career is now, which is varied? Yeah, it's uh, we well, when it ended, I didn't know it was ending, uh, you know, so we were literally just taking a six month hiatus. That's when I uh, was asked to go to space. So I went over to Russia and I trained to become a cosmonaut during those six months. Um, and while I was over there in Russia, you know, living on a military base with zero communication, um, I I knew I had this limited amount of time to in order, you know, to do this mission. So 
I had exactly six months and I had to be back November 1st. Um, and so my mission ended up getting scrapped at the last minute and they wanted to extend it and say, well, you can fly in April. And I'm like, no, I have to, I have to go back. I have to be back November 1st to start this new album. And then I get back and there was nothing to come back to. Um, so, you know, the hiatus kept getting extended and extended. So I wasn't really thinking about what is my next move? What am I supposed to do? Because I didn't think there was a wow. second. Chapter. How old were you then? And what were you told was the reason for the hiatus? Um, I think I was 23 and yeah, it was Justin was doing a solo album um, that didn't, he didn't, he didn't think that it would blow up so much and so quickly. Uh, so he wanted to do the solo album during our oh. hike. And then when we came back, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, you know, and he became Justin Timberlake. Um, so there was no, there was no way we were going to stop that role. Um, right. And it still hasn't today. <laughs> Fascinating. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine a sharp, stabbing pain on your skin. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful, blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. And what about, what about being gay in the South in a tiny town or knowing you're gay, probably saying you're not gay and coming out. And what about that whole piece? Of yeah, 
That was, and being uh, in a boy band and being gay. <laughs> yeah. God's little joke put me in a boy band. Yes. 99% of your audience is cute girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you get to be on in a boy band. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, it was scary for sure. You know, it was a different time. Um, you know, 20 years ago, it, you know, this, the country was just did not like gay people. It was very scary because uh, you would get examples of like Ellen DeGeneres and, so how she was treated when she came out and just mm -hmm. everyone, when you come out, you lose your job, not only in entertainment, but in any other, you know, job in this world. I mean, you were just easily could just get fired for being gay. Right. Um, so we didn't have any really good positive examples of the LGBT community uh, when it comes to work. Um, so and yeah, in what uh, you were marketing, who you were, your target audience, you right. would, would be wiping that out. Exactly. And you just felt like you're lying, which I was lying, but you know, right. it was. It was entertainment. So, yeah, I knew I was gay at five years old. I knew it was something I'd have to hide my whole life because especially then I was super religious. So I I was that kid that always would go to bed and try to pray the gay away. And please, oh. next morning, I don't want to be gay. Um, but in, in that just kind of that was your daily life for as long as I remember is just thinking about I have to hide this. I have to hide this because if I don't, I, I mean, I really could die like someone could kill me that's how you that's felt torture that sounds like absolute tor tor like that literally sounds like torment mental emotional physical torment. yeah and it got really bad when you know you hit puberty and everyone's dating and you know you're starting to want to have a relationship and you start toying around with you know straight relationships and i had a girlfriend that i really thought i loved but not knowing what love truly felt like right but yeah it's uh you know and then all the guys, you know, go home to their girlfriends when we have like a day off or something. And then I have to make excuses of why I haven't met someone. And, you know, keeping that secret from your four best friends that obviously know something's up, you know, yes. it's like they're not, they're not stupid. Um, but I just thought if, even if I told those guys that all our careers would be over, they would hate me and, and the, oh, the band wow. would be over. So you were, you had it going many different dire directions, like, and how much, did you see in your small town environment other people that were gay that you felt were going through the same thing? Um, well, there were zero in my town. Um, and even when I moved to the next town that had, you know, 15,000 people, there still was no, there was zero out people. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there was one kid in our, our class that was very obviously, you know, gay. Um, and people would, you know, make fun of him. And the, the jokes, you know, the, it was never in danger because everyone just kind of assumed whatever, but uh, but the jokes everyone would make would just make me feel so uncomfortable. And that even made me go deeper in the closet, you know, for people thinking I that I was telling me the realty. Um, I, I just knew I would never be able to. And then now, because I am so close with a lot of my high school friends, there's several of us that have come out, you know? <laughs> and so there was really? definitely, oh yeah, yeah. And, and that guy in particular um, just came out just a few years ago and living his best life. It's amazing because I, you know, in my lifetime, in my high school, mm. I remember the guy, the girl that just seemed different because someone in our high school being gay wasn't even something that we even that we thought about. Like it was right. just like I didn't even know to think that he was gay. He yeah. just was very, very he dressed very flamboyant and very you know, alternative and to, to what everybody else was doing. And I, but I just didn't think that any of my high school was gay. It wasn't something, it wasn't a conversation to your point. It wasn't a conversation. 
exactly. At all. That's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It in, yeah. mm-hmm. in my high school. Um, yeah. So did you try to disassociate from boy band life? Did you, did you, did you revel in it? You know what I'm saying? Like now I'm doing a podcast called Rewives where I'm really appreciating and reflecting on it in a different way versus just having left it and being wanting to like have it be over there. I'm yeah. coming at it in an entirely different way that I like yeah. on my terms. So I'm wondering if you had that moment where you wanted to like not be the boy band guy and be something yeah. different, but then appreciated it because it's such a great thing in history and entertainment yeah, no. history. I, I think the same way, you know, at, at first, uh, you know, when I was trying to figure out where do I belong in the entertainment, um, I was embarrassed to be part of the boy band world because especially then now people admittedly love boy bands. Guys do, you know, right. it's kind of like a fun thing now. And I think the word boy band has evolved into so many different groups like boys to men and even the Beatles, like everyone's yeah. kind of like together now. But, uh, you know, then it was, I mean, we got made fun of so much. The The music industry did not like us. They used us for ratings, but they didn't like That's us. That's what I'm so, saying. I feel the same exact way. Like nobody yeah. takes anybody seriously who's on the Housewives, no, but either. but they're all watching and it's people are making more money than people in real entertainment. It's interesting exactly. what you're saying. They're taking advantage of us saying, oh, this is like kid music. It's not real. You know, we were writing our stuff. Our music was great. And then right. you start to think, well, maybe we are horrible. Maybe we aren't talented. You know, you start like believing what these people are saying, you know, when the Grammys nominate you nine times and they don't give you one, but they're going to make you perform every time to make sure people are watching. Oh. Like, Screw you. It's just, yes. you know, we were just not taken seriously at all. I think today we actually would be. And, you know, I think because now you're looking at those that young generation of the Justin Bieber's and the Taylor Swift's and, you know, they get all the accolades, you know, they all, you know, people really respect them in the business. Right. But, you know, our back in our day you know, teenage groups and pop stars like Britney Spears and, you know, Christina Aguilera just didn't get their their dues because well, they like kids. It's funny. This is not the exact same by any means. Back in my day, celebrities mm-hmm. didn't hold alcohol. You put your yeah. drink down before you took a picture. And then Skinny Girl comes out and everybody's got a liquor brand. Everybody's yeah. got a liquor brand because now, you know what I'm saying? Back then, nobody would have a liquor brand. That would be... So it's just funny how things evolve. One person does it and then it becomes a whole new oh, it's trend. It's true. And then you call it, then you get smart. And you're like, wait a minute, why aren't we making this money like everyone else is doing? So like right. thanks, thanks to you, you know, people are looking at things a different way. They're like, wait a minute, because this is a finite amount of time that I'm going to be on this TV show or doing this, you know, this music. You have to figure out how are you going to set yourself up for the rest of your life? Exactly. And that's what was so confusing to me. Being in a band like that where no one really took me seriously, um, you know, and I I was more interested in TV and film. I, I always were, was. So, you know, I would always produce and I love writing, you know, TV and film. Um, but going into an industry like TV and film coming from this boy band era was not an easy transition. because Absolutely no, not. Yeah, they just but, like doing it. Yeah, I think you leaning into it, though. That's what I'm saying. Like every, we all get caught up in imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, when I was talking to Paul, my fiance, a couple of years ago, and he was like, you, you, I didn't know what a rewatch was. I've never listened to a podcast. I don't listen to podcasts. So he said, they're doing these rewatch podcasts. And I said, I don't know what that is. And he's like, they're doing, I don't know if it was Scrubs or I forgot what he was saying. And he's like, you got, someone is going to do this with the housewives. And I said, right. But like, that's, 
lame. Like, am I doing that? And he was like, I don't know. You're that changes on the floor. Who bet? He, he said this. I would never say this about myself. He's like, people want to hear Tom Brady list talk about the game. They don't want to hear some like fifth string housewife. You should be talking about the housewives from the inside and the outside. So mm. I finally, it took me a while to, to lean into it and mm. it's massively successful. And I'm thinking, why was I being the way that you are about the boy band thing? You know, like lean in, you know, so. It's true. And, and you know, pe- people, you got to give the people what they want. And yes. Thank you. Like, don't don't live in the past. Don't live. I was always afraid to do a show like Frosted Tips where we just talk about boy bands. But man, <laughs> these fans love it. And because yeah. you, you know the stories. It might be boring to you. But to the fandoms, you're like, oh, my gosh, they've never heard this story before. And it's just so exciting for them. Thank and, you. Exactly. I didn't yeah. understand it. It's so niche. But that's yeah. kind of what TikTok is. And I know you love TikTok. Somebody yeah. could be organizing buttons and there's an audience. Talk about seaweed. <laughs> like, so it's true. niche. So there's yeah. a lot of niche content out there right now. And you seem to like it, as as yeah. do I. It's just nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So talk about, uh, well, are you tired? Like, you have two kids now. And I mean <laughs> tired because of being a parent. But... Yeah. I just had this entertainment lawyer on the phone today and he was like, you know, we could really build this into this and we could do that into that and blah, blah, blah. And I, I go, and I say this five times a week. It's a deal that's almost going to not go through. I go, I don't care. That didn't happen. That didn't get picked up. I don't care at all. I really am the person that's like, I looked at my balance. I'm good. I don't want to be a billionaire. I come on here. I say whatever the fuck I want and I'm happy. If it rolls in and it knocks on the door and it's a bag of cash wrapped in a bow, Put it over here and I'll take it and I'll I'll be happy to take that pile. But other than that, I'm uh, good. I am right tired. There with you. And it took me years to get to that level. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I why am I running myself so ragged? Yes. Traveling all the time to yes. this, this gig when I could just like enjoy my life. Yes. To you. Like it's gonna come to you. If it doesn't get developed, great, fine, whatever. I'm good. I am good. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Uh, do you mind if I ask you're younger than I am? Do you mind if I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 43. You're 43. So and you're young. So yeah, I'm 10 years older than you. So think about how you feel now. And I'm this it's just like people choose. I see these people, I see these celebrities, I see filling the calendar. And we gotta go there and we gotta go here. And their identity is how busy they are and the running. And I I think that definitely you having twins definitely stopped you in your tracks yeah, and but you know but, the learning the power of no that's what i learned yeah. once i started saying no to all these things everything came to me like all the, the quality stuff, you know, the quality just went way up Same. so like once i learned that i'm like okay i'm good the universe is going to give me what, what i need and i can actually enjoy my life same it's clean it's lean it's less is more and it's quality it's so true and you become the least interested party who usually wins yeah hey there did you know that may is asian american and pacific islander heritage month macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool aapi owned brands like cardon kaja amelia george and hey mave I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. 
So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, and it could reactivate at any time. And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that can last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. Um, so Michael Turchin. How did you meet him and what does he do? And I don't, and what, what's your cope What's your parenting style and what's your yin and yang? Like who's who in the relationship? You're the peacock, I guess. What's the dynamic? Yeah. 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 We definitely are opposite uh, people. I'm, you know, I'm just very out there and I, I talk too much and he's just very reserved and quiet, but it, it works. We met 12 years ago was our first date at Super Bowl. Um, and really? so oh, hey, Michael, come say hi. He's right here. Uh, we met, yeah, Super Bowl. Well, we met before that, but our first date was Super Bowl 12 years ago. Hi, Michael. Hi. Uh, wait, have you all met before? I feel like we have, but I don't remember where. Have we ever met? I, I, I think maybe know. in passing briefly. Yeah. But, this yeah. is the guy you need on, on Housewives. Stuff. He is okay. like, he knows <laughs> He knows the thing? Sport. That is his sport. Housewives is like his football. So you yeah. had a date at Super Bowl or you met at Super Bowl? No, it was our yeah, it was our first date at Super Bowl. Nice to see you. Yeah, no, sorry, babies are crying now in the back. <laughs> oh, you te- you texted and said, "Hey, we're both going to be at Super Bowl." Explain. Well, we so we oddly Halloween before two different days, two different outfits. We have pictures together, but our friends never introduced us. So I have pictures with him, but I never met him. Okay. And then. Uh, then Two months later, we're at a friend's birthday party in Palm Springs, and that's when I really met him. Um, and we had a good, like, 15-minute conversation. I was heading back to Los Angeles. Um, and then on my way back to L.A., he Facebook poked me. <laughs> yeah, that's you remember that thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just kind of started a conversation, and we spent every day together as best friends because I didn't think he liked me. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I need to become really good friends with this guy. So I get over the attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Super Bowl came around and we, you know, we kind of went out that day and it was kind of a date, but I didn't know if it was a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up being a date. So, yeah. And how long ago was that? That was 12 years ago. And is he in the entertainment industry? 
No, he is a, he's a painter. He, uh, he does pop art, like a really, is really that his cool. behind the hand. Uh, yeah, that's his. And I like that a lot. It reminds me of something and I can't think of what they're all his. He's, uh, he's getting ready for the LA art show this week. So, I mean, this house is just covered in glitter. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And so what about the choice to have kids was, were both of you on board, um, yeah. and twins? Like what is that whole process? Yeah. Well, I knew that he wanted a family just like myself early mm -hmm. on in the relationship. So that, that was good. Cause I knew I always wanted to have kids. Uh, but when we met, you know, we couldn't even get married. We couldn't definitely couldn't adopt in a lot of places. Um, so, and I didn't really understand what surrogacy was in IVF. Uh, you know, I, I never really heard of that before. Right. So, you know, about seven years ago is when we started talking about maybe having kids and learning what surrogacy was. Um, and then it took us about five years to actually get our kids. We went through a hell of a time, you know, figuring out, you know, how it was going to happen. We went through so many different donors. Uh, we were pregnant with twins before, but then lost them around like six weeks. So, uh, you know, it was so a, it's spinning both of your sperm and then it's IVF with the surrogate parent. So, it, yeah, so the, the, the kids look like both of you. Exactly. So we, we split the eggs, you know, so okay. our donor, you know, had a certain amount of eggs. We split them and we would, you know, make embryos, half his, half mine. And then we put, uh, you know, because you can tell the, vi the viability of, of the egg, of the um, embryos. So they'll put the healthiest girl in and we put the healthiest boy in. And so we were like hoping that, you know, because a lot of times only one sticks, but we were just hoping that both would stick. And they did. And that's how we got Alexander and Violet. You have a girl and a boy. That is yeah. so. And how old are they now? Uh, they're 16 months now. Oh, so you're still full. Oh, they're babies. Wow. Oh, they're, oh you're they're, fully in it. Yeah, that's wow. why I'm a tired right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, well, congratulations. That's beautiful. That's it's so great. nice. I'd say we hit the jackpot because they're, they're beyond. The kids. I mean, they're so great. Beyond. That's so nice. And your whole family takes on a whole different identity and path and all of that. And mm -hmm. so you're active in environmental philanthropy. Mm -hmm. How did you choose that? Because like I do disaster relief and it's just interesting the yeah. road that we end up on yeah. and so many things are important. So environmental philanthropy, how did you land on that? Well, as you know, I, I was so, I love charity, right? And especially when you're young and in the business, you're always being asked to do this, this, this. And you're like, yes, yes. But then you get right. so pulled so thin that, nothing really matters anymore. You're like, am I even helping at all? No. Um, yes. So I know you're donating here and there to make yourself a better. You're not doing anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. They're happy. They think it's awareness. You feel like a fraud. I fully yeah, but, get it. But what are you doing? Like, are you making an impact? So, yeah. you know, it's choosing those things that you really like, okay, I feel like I can do an impact here. Um, and so with environmental, you know, media association, which, you know, I chair, uh, it's, it's been so great. And it was really young. I was probably 25 or 26 when I moved to LA and I was at a dinner party and the CEO of, of the EMAs was there and they gave a presentation I'm like, oh my gosh, I never, I never, I never really cared about the planet. Sadly, I just did not care. I didn't know what the problems were. I remember the ozone, you know, hole that we had in the eighties that we all, you know, got together and fixed that. Uh, but I didn't realize how dangerous it was getting for our planet. Uh, and you see a lot of the bullshit, right? Like so much. Oh. Bull I also find it challenging. And this isn't, 
I, I'm not even going to give a disclaimer. It's me saying and not you. There was just something on TikTok with Rihanna saying like, I used to use a lot of wipes and no more. I have to care about this planet. But then I'm thinking about Fenty Beauty and all the plastic and all the stuff. And is it all refillable? And I'm not even judging her, but like, there's a lot of bullshit. You're not using wipes, but you're producing endless plastic shit that all these people are buying, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So I'm just saying everybody's talking out of both sides of their mouth with the environment. It's true. I feel. And you know, Every little bit does help, but it's the big things that we have to go after first. You know, all these huge corporations with their carbon emissions. Uh, and it really kind of it starts with the Congress, too. I mean, it's, right. it's really trying to get all these bills passed. And you know how impossible yes. that is. These days. You know, I mean, when we, you know, had the last president in place, we couldn't do anything at EMA. We couldn't even really post things like they would not allow us to do anything. They were wow. so environment. Because, uh, you know, climate change is, is a fraud. You know, they, they really, although we have every single bit of information about how this planet is warming way too quickly, and it's basically past the point of no return at this point. Uh, but the fact that people can't see physically all these crazy storms and what's happening to this planet. Oh, my! you should talk to my partner, Michael, who's in uh, Turkey and Syria doing relief work. And he told me, we were in Guatemala. It was after Hurricane Maria. We had done a lot of work there. And then we were in Guatemala. There was a volcano erupted. And he said, as if he was like Nostradamus, I'm going to give Michael Capone the credit. He said, we are about to see a series of storms and weather patterns, the likes that we have never seen. Because I started relief work with Hurricane Harvey. And that was a bit... Katrina and then Hurricane Harvey. That was a big deal then. People thought that was a big deal. That's nothing now. Like literally, oh, Harvey, it was nothing compared to Maria. And then there were fires in Australia. I'm just saying it's been a very weird, energetic world yeah. weather disaster pattern time. It's like these aren't headlines because there are too many. There have been too many storms so and true. things like that. Well, when you do disaster relief, you're so... You're happy, but you feel like a loser because like it's not even a drop in the bucket. And you put twenty million dollars in aid right now in Turkey, and you still feel like I know. doing anything. Like are we do, and we are, but like it's hard. You so are, you must yeah. feel like are we doing anything? Like we're yeah. doing it, but are we? It must be very defeating in a way, as inspiring. It is. It really is. And the older you get, and your priorities, especially like having kids, it's like, do I have the energy to do yes. this anymore? It's like now, can the younger generation pick up where we <laughs> we left to just take over because it's just so tiring so tiring well that's the thing you have to make sure that other people will do it with the same mm -hmm. passion as you have yeah because i used to go to every single disaster and then paul would say to me the and i'd say it's not it's not right i'm not right now in ukraine but we've raised millions and millions oh. i have raised mm -hmm. and he's like i don't think the president coca-cola needs to be putting every all the syrup in the bottles. Like I actually feel guilty because today I'm on Fox news talking about Turkey and raising money. And my entire team is there. Yeah. I'm not there, but yeah. they're doing God's work. And I'm just now the sort of messenger manager, the head of the whole thing. Yeah. But I feel tremendous guilt about it because I feel like I'm, it's an, I'm an imposter. No, well, that's definitely not true. I mean, this, the, what do you have done for these disasters is just insane. And there needs to be that person that manages it all. You don't have to be the person on the front line. I know. You get it, though. You get what I'm yeah. saying. Of course. Yeah. 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 I understand that guilt for sure. But, but yeah, but the one person that's there 
is obviously not going to be as effective as here. But anyway, back to who cares? I mean, I care, but (laughs) Um, okay. So what else are you working on now? Like what if I had to, if I ran into you, if I was on a plane with you and said like, what do you do? What would you say? Like, what do you, what's your job now? Uh, Well, I mean, basically TV and film has been uh, my baby for a while. Um, Have lots of films being uh, made right now. A lot of TV shows. Um, I've that you're acting in or producing also oh kind of back okay. and forth it's weird i can't decide every time i'm like you know what i love being behind the camera this is like where i belong i love this i love creating and then all of a sudden i'll get like all these offers for like these movies i'm like well okay i guess i'm gonna be an actor this year um but honestly i love it all so as long as i can do both i'm very happy so and you know, and what kind of characters are you playing are you ever playing yourself a lot of the time. I mean, especially with TV, they're like, oh, we want you to do, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, great. Uh, what's the character like? Oh, yourself. But the exaggerated version of yourself. I'm like, okay, I've played the exaggerated <laughs> version of myself. I don't know how many times. Uh-huh. Uh, but this year is going to be fun. Yourself I'm- isn't even yourself anymore. Like Lance oh, no. Bass is not you. I don't even anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't need- It's a character. That's so funny. The very few people are like the caricature of themselves. That's really interesting. I mean, it's so true. But this year I do have a couple of movies, great comedies that I actually get to really act in. So that'll that'll be fun. Um, and then I've just been loving going back in front of the microphone. Uh, you know, I've had radio shows before, but with Frosted Tips, it's going to be, it's been really fun. But also we're getting a descriptive podcast, uh, oh. which is kind of the new thing. And as a producer, it's really fun because you can take your ideas that you create and write. You can make a scripted podcast of it. So you actually get to hear what it is and then take that to the studio and be like, well, here's the show. You can oh. listen to it now. The, one of my favorites is coming out now. Yeah. It's called The Last Soviet. And it's a scripted podcast about a true story about the this cosmonaut who was stuck in space when communism fell. Um, and oh, Wow fascinating to like just relive that history through a cosmonaut's eyes and show you like just how everything is so political even space uh but that it's been very it's such a great show Wait, what is a cosmonaut a cosmonaut is a russian astronaut so oh okay oh okay got it wow that's i like that that's so interesting yeah and you didn't mention music which is so funny because and i read in some of the research I did that people always ask you about the um, getting the band back together. And I did see at the Backstreet Boys at the iHeart Awards. And I did think of you and this and think, wait, why? That was so it was the best part of the Jingle Ball. It was so iconic and so fun and campy and alive. And I thought, and what is the answer? You will guys will do that or no? I mean, who knows? Uh, We've been talking about it for 20 years and I mean, well, but why? Know, Who? Why don't you organize it? That's so you. Um, you would think I'd be the one, but no, I'm. I'm so music really burnt me out. Like I, oh. I didn't have the best experience in the music industry, so I just kind of cut that out. And with my guys, like we're very, all five of us, very opinionated. It's like herding cats with us. It is very, very hard to get us to decide on anything. Um, I, let me ask you a stupid question. What would have to be decided upon? Like, aren't, wouldn't there just be a series of events? Like, wouldn't you guys just say, yeah, of course we're going to perform together at the iHeart Awards and perform these songs that we've all performed together. Yeah. Like, and does it have to be with everybody? Like what if, if just, so let's say Justin didn't want to do it, obviously, or maybe like, what does he have to be in it? 
it's just you know one guy thinks that you know they're purists it has to be all five and you know i don't uh, think that do you think that the beatles have had multiple different members no. haven't they on the rolling stones no no I, I mean i don't think that at all i mean i've every single band just has di different iterations is you know right they, they get legacy bands always do that um but yeah and I mean, this just, is giving sure. people what they want this yeah. is effectively it could be almost none of you in it but it happens to have you like yeah. you want to give them what they want you could almost be the caricature versions of yourself doing it i, mean, I it, yeah i mean we could be holograms at this point just you know the fans just want to hear the music and see the dancing <laughs> i would love i'm literally calling connell Byrne from iheart and saying yeah. can you please get them get them back together yeah. um because of the iheart awards One um, day. I mean, I don't yeah. I say never say never, but I think it's just exhausting. It's, it's not one night. It's a whole thing. And well, and that's the thing. If we did it again, it would have to be world tour, new album. Like it, it would be full. It's it, exhausting. It would be a one off thing. So, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But let me ask you, a super, is Backstreet Boys making fuck you money or just good money? Major fuck you. Fuck money. you money. So that's Finally. the thing. And thank, and thank God, because. Just like us, they got screwed through Lou Perlman, right? And by the time their career started kind of going down, they were finally making money. But then, you know, it wasn't the hype that it was. Now, I think Backstreet Boys are kind of at the peak they've ever been right now. Totally. Dude. Yeah. And so they own their stuff. They're planning their tours. I mean, they are making it's some good. Yeah, yeah. But I respect you not caring that much you know the money they're making and you're like me with the guy who said to me let's build this and let's do that and you're going tour and you do the weekend with bethany I, i'm like no i'm exhausted listening so you're never going to get the time back with your twins it's yeah. a fact you won't exactly. get back it's true so that's why you're saying it this way you have you have a beautiful home you have a beautiful relationship and the blue vase behind you i believe is a baccarat vase it because is. i have it in clear and this is a crazy story and then i'll let you go I, I had 14 foot ceilings in my old apartment and that vase was on a top shelf, just decorative, like it's on your table. And I heard a thud in the other room, like an earthquake. And I went in the other bedroom in Soho and that vase was on the floor with a giant dent in those ridges in the floor and the vase did not break. Oh yeah, that thing's sturdy. I have a big purple one too over there. <laughs> that did not things. break. How crazy is that? Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. If someone breaks um, into your house, that's what you use to defend Exactly. Um, well, now I do know you better, Lance. Um, so did you ever, are you still friends with Lisa Vanderpump? Used of to be course. Friends. She's you our are? godmother to our, my kids. Stop. Oh, you're yeah. really good friends with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we live real close to each other. Uh, her daughter, Pandora, had a kid just at the same time we did. So we have uh, weekly play dates and we have music oh. classes together. So, yeah, so we're very, very in, our, in each other's lives. And it wasn't really because I'm, I always thought it was because you were a big Housewives fan, but not you don't no. even it's not because of that. No, I, I mean, I knew Lisa before she was on. I'm the one who told Andy, look, remember this name, Lisa Vanderpump. Oh. You need to put her on freaking Beverly like because they were just putting Beverly Hills together. I'm like, you're going to remember this name. And I didn't know that. Oh, oh I, I did. I thought you were a fan and that's why. Oh, that's no, amazing. Cause no, then you my just husband said, made me a housewife fan. Like once, yes. he started, once I started dating him, I, I watch every, every iteration of housewife. Okay. Well, one day we'll do rewives and we'll do an episode that Lisa was in. Um, because yeah, yeah and he could be, he could be, he can chime in. Um, Lance, <laughs> you're amazing. It's so uh, nice to talk to you. And I really am excited to have heard about your life. Like now to know you better. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's always good to see you, Bethany. You too. Girl. Well, kiss the babies. Tell I Lisa I said hello and have a wonderful day. That was Lance Bass. And 
the show never ceases to amaze me. And to be honest, just be on like rewives. There's different types of research with rewives. You watch an episode and then break it down with someone. And it's really usually about the two of you versus the episode with just be you're I'm doing homework too. And I don't do homework in my life. So with just be, I print out information about the people and learn about them. And, you know, I, I thought Lance Bass was friends with Lisa Vanderpump because of the housewives, nothing of the sort. I thought he was like a super fan of housewives, that type of campy thing. Nothing of the sort. He's so calm. He's so not extra. You know, he is a character of himself. And um, that's why I love the show, because it just I get to really get a sense of people. And I, I say it to Paul, and my fiance, when we're at dinner, I'm like, I actually know Lance Bass now from the show. I know Cheryl Hines now. And it makes me happy because I feel like I become friends with them because we're talking for so long. Even though I've known Kelly Ripper for years, talking to her on the show, I got to know her way better from just listening to her life and knowing what her mom was like and things like that. So I love this. So thank you so much. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And I appreciate you listening. Have an amazing day. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.